Andy, my dude, have you heard of the magical website builder known as Squarespace? Ugh, not another Squarespace ad. I feel like every podcast is sponsored by them. <laughs> hey, 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 don't knock it till you try it. Yes, okay, it is overhyped. But actually, it lives up to the hype. Squarespace is like a website fairy godmother. With a click of a button, your site transforms into a beautiful masterpiece. A website fairy godmother? That sounds interesting. What makes it so magical? Well, for starters, those slick templates make anyone look like a professional web designer. Pick one, customize the colors and fonts to match your brand, and voila. Plus, the drag-and-drop fluid engine is so easy, your grandma could build a site on Squarespace. Well, she did knit me a lovely scarf last Christmas. Maybe website design is next. Exactly. And when you're ready to sell your Nana's handmade scarves online, Squarespace has built-in e-commerce. Add a store with one click. Get flexible payment options. Then watch those sales roll in. And when she wants to teach others her steezy scarf skills, Squarespace's new courses feature is just the ticket. Nana can set up her curriculum and enrollments and payments in a snap and become the next e-knitting influencer. Wow, you really sold me with the grandma angle. Sign me up for that free try. Just go to thenextreel.com slash Squarespace and transform your site into a beautiful Squarespace masterpiece. Well, thanks, Pete. Even though it's overhyped, Squarespace actually sounds perfect for Nana's site's needs. Appreciate the warning on the ads, though. I'll brace myself next time I listen to a podcast. Anytime. Let me know if you need any help getting that site up and running. Andy, can you believe we've almost hit 700 episodes of The Next Reel? I know, it's crazy. And with all the other episodes in our family of podcasts, we are well over 1,200 episodes of movie conversation. It's really pretty amazing that we've gotten to have these in-depth movie chats every week for over a decade now. And we couldn't have done it without our loyal community of film fans. Their support over the years has meant so much. For sure. That reminds me, we should give the merch store a shout out. Buying shirts from thenextreel.com slash merch is a great way listeners can continue to support the show. Plus, they get to support our great designs. Absolutely. I think sometimes folks forget we have a variety of shirts, mugs, phone cases, and more available. In fact, a great place to start is with a shirt sporting the Next Reel's logo. We also have that classic Fast Times Spicoli Surf School tee, or the weirdly popular Rusty's European Tour shirt. The one from National Foods European Vacation. Why is that so popular? <laughs> Search me, but we have sold a ridiculous number of those. I guess there are a lot of Rusties taking trips to Europe? We're always adding new designs based on movies we've covered, like our brand new design for a streetcar named Desire, featuring a streetcar named Desire. So if you want to rep your love of TNR and films, head to thenextreel.com slash merch. Every purchase helps us continue to have these weekly in-depth conversations. So visit thenextreel.com slash merch today. And as always, thanks for listening and being a part of the Next Real community. We've got lots more great movie chats coming your way. It's showtime, folks. Enjoy the show. A fine, uh, see, I, I don't even have it. A fine Saturday, a fine, and good morning, Steve. <laughs> Guten Tag. Guten Tag. Willkommen. Bienvenue. Welcome. Uh, we are, uh, we're doing the, we're doing the Saturday matinee today, Steve. We're doing it alone. Yeah, we are. That's okay. 
It is. It's okay. We'll be fine. It's we'll okay. be fine. We'll be fine. We'll be just fine. I'm confident. We can handle it. Yep. Yep. Yes. I can. Uh, I saw a play last night. All right. It was a community theater production oh. of what I think is an original oh. musical oh. adaptation of Clue. Oh. The board game. Okay, so now, so they didn't adapt the movie. No, they just went straight from the no. board game and created a musical about it. Okay, they did, and they were all in on the board game. The set was the board game. I will post a picture uh, in the show notes of the entire <laughs> set. The set floor and wall was a giant painting of the the board. All right. And you're introduced with, to Mr. Body, who comes out and tells you that, audience, you're actually playing the board game. And if you open uh, if you open your booklet, uh, your, what do they call that? Program? Program, yeah. You spent a career in the theater, Steve. <laughs> in the Shut audience up. or on stage? Because on stage, it would make sense. <laughs> that, that fancy piece uh, of paper the audience members what have. Is it? They hand out that future recycling. Uh, it is. So you open it up and there's a game board or a game card, like a scorecard oh. in there. And they give you all a pen and then they proceed to sing and dance. Well, they sing and then they sort of dance. And uh, it's you've got all the major characters, Mr. Body, and they've introduced an investigator. And then they proceed to like sing these sequences of backstory about their relationship with Mr. Body. At the end of the first act, spoiler, he dies. But he's still a character. The beginning of the second act, he says, I'm dead. And there's this big flourish. And it's hysterical. It was hysterical. I it was it was definitely a a community theater production of the film. And I still I found myself uh I got I got along it. I didn't know what was that like at the after the first couple of numbers. Like, what am I even watching? And then you kind of get on the train, and eventually by the end, uh, I was <laughs> I was moved. I was tickled by Clue the musical. I sure hope it spreads from uh, Beaverton uh, uh, Public Access Theater Company <laughs> to the rest of the world because it's a charming way to take on take on this this property Clue. The board game, the musical. So, if I'm in Portland, I see up there be- at the Beaverton Civic Theater. It's running yeah. until October 13th. All right, <laughs> you jump, get on. There we are. Get on a train. Oh wow! Okay, <laughs> you don't you don't want to miss this. Uh, there's a, and I'm, I'm going to say this with all love and respect to the cast, Mr. Green. You've got to learn the words. <laughs> oh. Oh, it was no. I, there's something going on in I'm sure there's something going on. There was I saw a distracted performance from one oh. of the, the actors and he just was not trucking with the rest. There's a spectrum and Miss Scarlet was militantly prepared for this production. <laughs> Mr. Green showed up and uh, <laughs> uh, over, but the overall arc of quality, it bent toward quite good. I thought <laughs> it was it was. Very funny. And this is coming from a guy who in high school uh, was one of the three principals in The Red Badge of Courage, the musical world premiere at my high school. Oh. That's right. Red Badge of Courage. <laughs> the musical. The musical. <laughs> so that's that's all I that's all I bring to you today in terms of my <laughs> my exploration into other arts. Wow. Okay.
see, I had a, yeah. I had a different theatrical experience this past week. Tell me. Because uh, on Sunday, I went to see the, I guess it's the touring production of Miss Saigon. So, oh, I love that show. So I've never seen that show. So a friend had a, an extra ticket. I was able to go and just had such a, a great time with that. I remember hearing about it, you know, the original production in the 90s and all that. And it's just one of those where I just was not a big enough theater buff or did not have the cash readily available for theatrical purchases. Uh, so... I had a great time with that. I, I did not experience anything comparable to what you did. Uh, <laughs> your well, the musical. I, my musical was a saying. little bit better than that. Yeah, but I had a great time. They, yeah, <laughs> with the big helicopter, <laughs> oh, huge production numbers. That's what I was going to ask. Yeah. How did they do? How did they do the helicopter? Did it? Did they? Did they in the touring production? Did they. Were they able to do the helicopter justice? Yes. So they. Yeah. They. They did. There was a whole helicopter front of a helicopter that came out on a. You know. You, you, I mean, clearly you can't see everything, but they did a nice job of the body and some lighting effects to create the propeller. And yeah, it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they they brought it all. Nice. Yeah. Nice. That is one of those shows that I uh, I saw uh, since I was living in the area. I managed to see that one uh, on Broadway when it was first in, nice. during first run. And uh, it that's I have a strong visceral memory of that show. Oh, yes. That and the the phantom. Those are some of the big set pieces, right? The phantom chandelier yes. that shatters. Yeah, that's people say, um, "Oh yeah, I saw this great show." There was a chandelier. Yeah. Well, what else happened? Well, yeah, there was, right. There right. was some singing yeah. and stuff. You know, but, boat. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, think, I think it was in Venice. Yes. No, uh, and and the wall, the Les Mis wall right. that builds. Yeah. That was a stunning set piece. Yeah, and and of course Spider Man. <laughs> I was thinking about that as I was waiting. I thought, what, what, you know, this is a huge production. And, you know, what, what are some of the more recent, you know, big shows I've heard of, you know, other than, of yeah. course, Hamilton. And I thought, oh, Spider, oh, Spider-Man. <laughs> oh, Spider-Man. <laughs> well, and Hamilton, of of all of the, uh, its popularity and, um, uh, you know, uh, quality mm-hmm. yeah. is a, uh, a s- truly modest Broadway oh, production. Sure. Yes. I mean, it is yeah. not a, a big, you know, stage. No. Did, you, did you see what the, I, they had the documents. They had the documents. They it had was the so documents. And then they brought out some crates. <laughs> and and the entire cast was able to dance on tables. <laughs> it was amazing. It was just pure spectacle. Yes. <laughs> pure spectacle. Uh, what do we have in the news today? Oh, we've to got, talked about. Well, uh, you want to talk about the big thing this weekend? Oh, uh, you know, which one? Are we gonna, do we want to talk about Scorsese? We, well, is, Just briefly. Uh, yeah, we can, I think we that because that's been sort of uh, popping up there and and the Discord discussion had a little. It has. Little Did extinction. you find yourself? So the story is, as it goes, that uh, Martin Scorsese uh, said that, you know, I don't think these big superhero movies are cinema. Uh, and, and that was, I think, the, the rub of his, you know, major challenge with these movies. Yeah. Or, or I would yes. say fans major challenge. He says, I don't see them. He says, I tried, you know, but that's not cinema. Honestly, the closest I can think of them as well made as they are with actors doing the best they can under the circumstances is theme parks. It isn't the cinema of human beings trying to convey emotional, psychological experiences to another human being. That's that's what he said. That's what got people up in arms. Yeah. Were you moved? Were you moved to rage? No. 
No, because I I saw the headlines and I saw some of the heated exchange and I thought, well, what did he say exactly? And I looked at that and I thought, well, that makes sense. Scorsese likes to make movies that are about the cinema of human beings trying to convey emotional and psychological experiences. I don't think Marvel strives for anything near that. They want to entertain people and they do a great job of it. But I there's I guess it comes down to is it film? Is it cinema? Is it movies? What does that mean? Uh I think they're just two different types of entertainment. One that is more actively engaging with the viewer to get them to think and contemplate things versus just being entertained as a passive viewer so it, it didn't surprise me i you know of course you you poke the bear of you know marvel fandom you're gonna get a reaction but i it's two different worlds it's the difference between you know you well, read your jack reacher novel and you read your charles dickens it's two different types of all things. right now you're poking the dragon all right <laughs> what enough jack reacher enough <laughs> you'd say jack reacher is fine literature is that what you're saying never go back to that steve never go back ever Look, I well, yeah. and I and I guess it, it's funny because I I think I disagree with you on uh, the difference of these movies. I mean, I feel like I could go back to each one of them and and find, you know, the the elements that Scorsese says are not cinema and and feel the the human connection. Let's go back to Gardens of the Galaxy two. I mean, I was just wrecked at the end of that movie, and and that was the exact same sort of emotional uh, experience that I have with some of the movies that I'm sure Scorsese is thinking of uh, as he's talking about how these are not cinema. I think James Gunn actually said it best. And the thing that makes me so frustrated by Scorsese's comments uh, in James Gunn's uh, words, Martin Scorsese is one of my five favorite living filmmakers. I was outraged when people picketed The Last Temptation of Christ without having seen the film. I'm saddened that he's now judging my films in the same way. That's the problem right there. And I, I you know, uh, it, it, the headline of the AV Club uh, <laughs> post, I think, is brilliant. Quote, nerds somehow gobsmacked that Martin Scorsese doesn't think superhero movies are, quote, cinema. Uh, that's William Hughes. I, I I think it's it's fine to be shocked. It's also like, you know, come on, Marty. Like, let's be careful of uh, I'll take a little bit of care with with how you approach some of these things, uh, because you you acknowledge you haven't seen the movies. So, sure. Um, yeah, well, yeah, again, because I think he's that's not what he thinks film is for. So it's so why would he have any yeah. experience with it? I mean, the, it's a different it's, set of tools. It's a different set of that tools these, and that filmmakers are using to make. Films. Right. And I. I think it was you know just poor choice to start asking him to comment on something i mean you might as well ask him like well marty what do you yes. think of this year you know this last season of the bachelor i don't think exactly why would you do that you would well, let me tell that. you yes look look a tomato is not cinema that's what i that's yes. what i think yeah. and i talked to bobby de niro and he said eggplants aren't cinema either so we are in agreement Exactly. I, it's yeah. it's ridiculous. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, so we move on. Yeah. Uh, that doesn't make me any less excited to see The Irishman. And yeah. uh, I am sure The Irishman does not equal a superhero <laughs> film, but it might. <laughs> I, we uh, Marty would never know. No. <laughs> it's true. It's an origin story. Right? It's an origin story. That's right. All right. What's on your list? 
Oh, let's see. I guess I'm going to start with this. It's something that's been around for a while. This this Jeffrey Katzenberg uh, other streaming service he started with with Meg Whitman called Quibi Quibi, which is short for Quick Bites. Well, see, that's I've been really stewing over this. Okay. Is it Quibi or is it Quibi? Quibi, I don't. I don't care. Rhymes it's, with ribeye. Yeah, it's a poor choice of a name, and they thought either way, they were... it's not cinema. <laughs> And so they're, it's not launching until next year. But what fascinated me with this sort of short take on cinema, you know, it's broken up into, I think, like 10 minute segments. So everything's going to be short. So going back to, uh, I guess, similar to how authors used to release, you know, large stories, you know, episodically in the papers uh, back in, you know, ye old days, uh, they're doing the same thing here. And one of the things that Spielberg is working on is, a streaming series you can only watch at night. So his thought was, I would like to have something that people couldn't watch it until after midnight and only at midnight. And so they're working on an app, building something into the app that would track based on your location. You would only be able to view these things between it looks like sunset and sun up. Uh it's an interesting approach to cinema of I have content, but I want to control the conditions under which you engage with my content. You know, we have I know a lot of filmmakers aren't happy about the fact that people are going to experience their grand cinematic vision on a phone screen or on the back of a you know airplane seat. Uh, Spielberg may not be able to control where people are watching it or in what format, but at least when they're watching it. What do you what do you think of it? It's it's one of these that sounds like it could be executed really well because you you I mean it's not going to work for JJ clearly <laughs> he would want to watch no. this if it's something scary noon you know windows wide open maybe out, out on the front porch who knows uh, if we were to try to you know tackle something like this uh, yeah he would be hard pressed to watch it if he had to do it in the dark I I like that aspect I think it's going to be a challenge to execute. And again, people don't like, people like having their freedom and their liberty to watch whatever they want, when they want, how they want. And I... Freedom and liberty. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> you just made this a patriotic argument. Yes, it Good. is. It's in the okay. Constitution, right? It is in the Constitution. <laughs> you may watch movies any hour of the day or night, friends. Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay. I'm not throwing away my shot. <laughs> to watch this when I want to. <laughs> I will stand up and watch this at noon, Stephen. So I don't That's the that's the chat. I I'll never watch it if this if this sticks. I'll, I just won't. I'll be sound asleep. Like that's what I do. And and I want to watch it. Yes. I want to watch. Well, it. and that's where it, you is it these experimental things that sort of create, you know, demand based on the novelty of it? And then the the thing to find out is, does it live up to the expectation or is it worth that? Uh, this, I don't know. It's Spielberg. Uh, he's not one that I think of when I think of scary, spooky things. So that he's, he's writing this himself. Uh, he's got a couple episodes. It's going to be called Spielberg's After Dark right now i don't know that i love that title either uh that spielberg likes to play it sounds around like cinemax yeah. is what it is it's cinemax <laughs> so that's what it yeah. sounds. you can only watch it at night right. and it's called after dark sure. Sure. <laughs> yeah uh-huh introduce me to the sorority house steven 
Uh, I guess I, I, it is interesting. Yeah. And, and I did, as I'm reading this article at Gizmodo, I, it, they actually uh, use the line that I was acting out as I was reading it. Before you roll your eyes at the service. <laughs> yeah. Uh, at Katzenberg and his team have already signed up Guillermo del Toro, Sam Raimi, Doug Lima, uh, Steven Soderbergh, Catherine Hardwick, Lawrence Fishburne, Antoine Fuqua, Anna Kendrick to make content. And uh, they got a billion dollars in uh, funding to boot. So yeah, I think I think uh, the winners on this side are the some of the stars and content creators between Quibi, QB, Apple Plus, Disney Plus. There's a lot of yeah. studios that are throwing trying to invest in specific names because they know that's what's going to bring this the eyeballs to the screen. You get you can say, oh, Sam Raimi, you know, created this. You're going to get people showing up. Uh, that's you know great for the the creators. It's uh, almost a, a flip on the you know good old studio model. It's we've got the money we we're trying to attract the talent rather than we're just going to throw money at projects we're going to throw money at people let's let's talk about throwing money at projects and people yes. can we and that would be uh Jason Bourne <laughs> the cinematic universe the Bourne it's cinematic happening. universe yes the Bourne cinematic universe we've speculated about it we've we've had the shivers run up and down our spines about it in the past and now it looks like it's actually <laughs> happening Yes. October 15th, the Treadstone TV series launches. And there is, of course, speculation that this may lead to another Bourne movie. Now, of course, we, the TV show, I, you know, it's called Treadstone. It's in that universe. I, we, we're not having Matt Damon there, I'm sure. But it's uh, perhaps, uh, you know, looking at what Marvel did. Uh, we've got a cinematic universe and we're going to create a series in that world in the see how that goes uh, i think there's a they have a lot of opportunity in a tv show with treadstone so i'm i'm intrigued and interested because i i think it could be exciting to see what approach they take with it i haven't seen any of the trailers for the show i know it's, it's coming later this month but the fact that they may sort of reverse engineer an entry back into the jason Bourne slash treadstone world on the big screen i don't know so much about that. I feel like we've we've gone to that well so many times it's it's now dried up. Do you think you could tell the story of Jason Bourne anymore? Like, you know, over the arc of five movies. <laughs> There's this guy. Do you think you could yeah. do it? <laughs> no, it, it did. It get, it got complex. Well, the first three, I mean, the, the trilogy, I thought the first three told a, a nice story and did it well. And we built, for, I think, a nice character arc from a guy trying to figure out who he is to learn a lot more about this larger program uh that was a, a nice tr expansion of the story but i don't know that it's an i can then track jason's story after that because we did jason Bourne on the film board yeah. i don't remember anything about that movie I don't know what the story was. Yeah, I know he's. it's him against the system. I mean, we got to that point, and now it's just an ongoing <laughs> thing. Uh, yeah, I don't know. They, it lost yeah. the, the personal connection that they had in the first three, and I think that's where the films fall apart. Perhaps by expanding the universe in a TV show, giving us a, a larger spectrum of characters to be interested in, then perhaps there may be some more stories to tell. But I think we're done with Jason Bourne. I'm I'm interested in what happens in the world of Treadstone a little bit more. Idris Elba was in that last one, right? Bad guy? Sure he was. He's in everything. It was Idris Elba. <laughs> Don't worry about okay. it. Okay. 
uh, there is one more thing that you posted that I really am excited about, and that is we I haven't seen any sort of trailer from it, but it's uh, it, it looks like something that's so up my alley, uh, and that is Ryan Reynolds' new uh, uh, Free Guy. Yes, Free Guy. Yes. Uh, yeah. Well, there was a trailer at New York Comic Con, so it has not hit the internet yet. People have not seen it. What has been shared is a short video of the cast introducing themselves and it gives you a little <laughs> insight into what happens when you have people that just have a great sense of humor and perhaps may have been involved in a project several years ago that neither of them wants to admit to. So we have, uh, of course, <laughs> the, the cast introducing themselves. We get to uh, Ryan Reynolds and Taika Waititi, and they are just thrilled to say, hey, it's great to finally get a chance to work with you. And everyone else says, well, wait a second, you guys have worked together before. No, you no, did that. No, 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 we haven't. No, we haven't. <laughs> So there, there was no Green Lantern. There, there was no Green Lantern for them to star in. Uh, but you take that uh, comic element and you're applying it to a film, which is basically, I, I think the best sort of short pitch for it is uh, Wreck-It Ralph within uh, Grand Theft Auto, because Ryan Reynolds plays a bank teller who gets robbed like 17 times a day and then starts to realize, hey, this this isn't right, and and goes rogue. Uh, so it's an origin, it's, it's said to be a uh, superhero origin story without the cape and tights and the intellectual property behind it. So if you were living in a video game and could master the system, your powers would be limitless. So... Uh. Yes, looking forward to the fun that they're going to have with this one. I can't wait for this movie. I cannot wait for it. This is exactly my kind of fun uh, popcorn movie. And, uh, you know, Ryan Reynolds is churning them out. Yes, he is. Oh, yes, he uh, is. So, link to the show notes. Yeah. Go watch that uh, that that teaser intro of the cast thing. Also because uh, Stranger Things kid's in there. <laughs> He's great. What's his name? Uh, Steve, uh, Steve Pinkerville. <laughs> Steve no? from Stranger Things. Yes. Yeah. And his, his magnificent Wilkin, hair. Yes. Wilkin Furter. Uh, have you finished? Have you finished season three? Pascal. Pascal. Yes. You, okay. Of course. All right. I didn't know. Okay. Steve Ice Cream. Uh, Scoops. Scooper. Scoops. Scoops. Troop. Scoops. Mc, Scoops McQueen. Yeah. He's in it, and it's great. He's. Uh, I actually really enjoyed season three. I thought it was a good, nice return to form. Uh, and I enjoyed season two, but not as much as season one. So okay. I'm a fan. Yeah. Can't wait All right. for season four. Keep them coming. Yes. Keep them coming. Uh, okay, let's do those trailers. Trailers. Okay. You posted first. I did post first. We don't have any red band. We don't have any A24 to talk about. We have none. So... But I think we're we're both well into we're we're getting into 2020 releases now for both of our yeah, trailers. So we're right. at that point. Andy seems surprised that we were hitting trailers for 2020. I don't know if that he has forgotten that we are now in the month of October, or if he just is uh, surprised that we're picking something that isn't coming out for Oscar season. I don't know. Eh, 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 meh. Skip it. Skip. I've moved on. Okay. I've moved on. It's just a it's a first world like exercise and privilege and fancy dresses. I'm done with the Oscars. All right. So moving on. <clears throat> My trailer is the story of a very British drug lord trying to sell off his highly profitable empire to a dynasty of Oklahoma billionaires. <laughs> That's what IMDB says this film is. 
I uh, I hadn't read that. That's so perfect. Because <laughs> I, I guess then when you watch Twitter, you go, oh, okay, I I see, yeah. I see that. Uh, this is Guy Ritchie's uh, The Gentleman, uh, Matthew McConaughey, Charlie Hunnam, Colin Farrell, Jeremy Strong, Hugh Grant. Uh, <laughs> as the, did you? Could you tell it was Hugh Grant I had, when you watched? The I had a strong sense. I thought this looks like yeah. it might be a Hugh Grant. I can't tell because he, he's getting old, uh, I guess. But he's, uh, yeah, usually you don't cast Hugh Grant as a British drug lord. But that's yeah. who he is. And Guy Ritchie's the gentleman hitting theaters. Oh, Pete, it's January 24th, 2020. I don't know. I I love me a Guy Ritchie. I feel like this type of story is right in his comfort zone. These are the films he started his career on. This is what he's known for. Uh, I think the cast is gonna looks like they're having a great time with this. It's got amazing every, cast. everything that I want out of a Guy Ritchie film, and it's in January. So I don't know if we're trying to again reclaim January to make it the new February. I don't know. <laughs> But okay. I, I will show new, up for is, this is one. Is February what we want to make it be? Yeah, no, I, it, I'm i absolutely uh, in this one. Uh, this was, well, first of all, uh, Dynasty of Oklahoma Billionaires. It's like it was written for me. Uh, um, I was, I, I've been a fan of Guy Ritchie's other stuff in a big way. And uh, like I just, the trailer alone has enough action and fun one-liners. And uh, it, it looks like a, sort of a, um, empty calorie uh, ride, and I'm in it for that. That's enough. That's enough for me. Right. Like we'll see. Yes, we will. But I'm I'm excited about it. that cast. Charlie Hunnam and and um, uh, Jeremy Strong and Colin Farrell yeah. and like Colin Farrell and Hugh Grant and Matthew McConaughey and Charlie Hunnam. Like what? What? <laughs> what does it take to get those guys in a movie together? Yeah. Like I'll do that. Yeah. Sure. Sure. Um. Uh, and of of course, Matthew McConaughey is still resonant from his starring role in uh, Between Two Ferns, the movie, <laughs> which he has asked the grueling question: "I notice you are wearing a shirt. Are you okay?" <laughs> well played. Yes. So when so twenty fourth, okay. Yeah. Expect it. I am I am relieved to see on IMDb that it actually says post-production expected January 24th as if that's what they're shooting for, but maybe they'll be late. Yeah. <laughs> I hope they're late. Here's hoping yes. for late. Uh, all right. My trailer. Uh, oh, Steve, did you see death of Stalin? I have not seen death of Stalin. It's one of those. I know I, I it's, I don't, yeah. And uh, in the loop also is in the loop. Yes, absolutely. I know it's, it's absolutely. the British political. I don't, I don't want to say satire, but Dark comedy? I, I don't know. Yeah, I got to just do a double well, feature one day. I... Armando Iannucci is a legend. Yeah. And if you haven't written or if you haven't watched any of, of Veep, too, that's another one that he's, you know, he's show creator yes. of, of that show. And and it really has his uh, stamp all over it. I, I have, I'm not a completionist of Veep. I haven't finished the show. But what I have watched of it the first couple of seasons, I deeply enjoyed. Uh, but Death of Stalin was one that I I hold very close to my heart, and uh, that's why I am excited to see the personal history of David Copperfield. Um, it is uh, it stars uh, let's see Gwendolyn Christie, Ben Whishaw, uh, but is David Copperfield the great Dev Patel? Uh, Hugh Laurie is in it as well. Tilda Swinton, Sophie McShira. Um, let's see, Benedict Wong Wong <laughs> is in it. It's great. Peter Capaldi is yes. in it. Man, he's a surly guy 
it it looks like a, an absolutely incredible cast doing to David Copperfield what they did to Stalin in the death of Stalin, and I think it's it's just a fantastic, weird mashup of ideas. Um, not too many people have seen it so far. 191, uh, give it a 6.2, uh, uh, just barely cresting the IMDb six star rule. Uh, I'm okay with that. I'll, I will. The the trailer had me cackling. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, this one, I'm going to call this one a win too. Unfortunately, uh, with your reluctance for January movies, this one also hits the UK, uh, January 10th, 2020. I have no U.S. release dates for this movie, uh, right now. Just, uh, UK January 10th and wide release. Portugal gets it December 5th. Portugal. Okay. They're hungry for movies. All right, we're going to go. Go watch Endgame again, yeah. Portugal. It's got to be still out. <laughs> Uh, so we need to anyhow, take. Anyhow, what'd you what'd you think? We got to take a trip across the ocean. We got to go visit Stephen Smart. That's right. Sit down with him and watch this. And and, and we're going to take him and go to Portugal. <laughs> okay. Uh, what'd you think? I I didn't know what to make of this because I'm not a like rabid fan of Charles Dickens' work. I I've not read David Copperfield. I don't feel any driving urge to to pick it up now but i love when classic literature is revisited perhaps slightly reinvented uh is it gives us a chance to sort of either laugh or perhaps even mock you know older social structures uh this looks hilarious this is i love films like this it's looks like you know period piece costume drama oh it's going to be so stuffy and it's just like everybody's having such a great time with it so yes this is this is my kind of film i i read i was uh, let me say this i was assigned david copperfield ah. in high school and i read it like i read so many books uh, in high school where I read a page and then I accidentally flipped 10 or 15 pages and then read another page. It's quite possible David Copperfield <laughs> battled a whale. Um, yeah. Even so, I so I'm looking forward to Armando Iannucci straightening this out for me uh, and telling me the true story of David Copperfield. This is fantastic. Yeah. Um, I had something else to say on that bit. Ah, well, I forgot it. We should. Uh, that's great. So uh, January 10th, if you're in the UK and uh, everybody else commence holding your breath immediately. Yes. I Shall we do? We shall. The list? Oh, the list. Where, what are we? Well, what, what were we thinking? I, uh, this was because this uh, you're doing your Cronenberg thing now, right? We are. We're doing the Cronenberg. Yeah. So I think I think this was about shivers. Yes. Uh, which takes place in one big uh, facility, one big monolithic uh, apartment complex called the Starliner. And so we thought, let's do movies that are that take place in one location, which is a little bit disingenuous because they are, you know, they do go into different like this isn't like a one room thing. Uh, this is just a single like apartment building. They don't leave until the very end and then they get out. So there you go. Well, single location. Spoiler alert. <laughs> they leave the building. Okay. Well, that is, then it doesn't yeah. take place in one location, now does it? Okay. <sighs> okay, that's fair. Also, a car. Okay. 
movies that take place in one location and a you, car. <laughs> and I've got one of those. You got, got one of got those. Bad. I look forward to hearing what you got. What do you got uh, in your, you go first, uh, right? You were yeah, the first trailer. First trailer. So uh, this is what I didn't have to do. I didn't have to do the, let's search online to see what, what what falls into this category because I can only think of one or two. I came up with a healthy list. Thankful yeah. Andy isn't here because I think there would have been some steals. So I I what do you say? I'm chopped liver now. That's great. no no no. I I, I know no I, whatever. No no. I, there's a couple that I believe you're probably going to be steals here. So I, I can work around. But I decided to set myself my own rule, and I'll let you see if you can figure it out by the time we've finished the list so Ooh, the game is afoot. <laughs> the game is afoot so uh, there's oh, i got some favorites on here but this is one that uh yes i will start with i just watched it again recently the other night um hadn't hadn't seen it in a in a very long time it's still a little rough towards the middle but the end just becomes bonkers fun in clue Pete, I'm stealing Clue. You you did your Clue in the theater. I did my Clue on the big screen with, well, with Tim Curry, with an amazing cast. And of course, yeah. there are a few scenes that take place out on the road, but the majority of it, boom, right there in Mr. Body's mansion as chaos ensues. And as we learn, communism was a red herring. That's a great pick. And I'll tell you, it was not a steal. Oh. And I think it's not a steal because I just saw it uh, <laughs> as in the board game, the musical form. And that may have been enough for me, but it is a great, uh, a great choice. And I have one of similar ilk okay. on my list. So uh, I would like to start with, I almost want you to say what I'm starting with, uh, because I'm sure you know what I'm starting with. Uh, it is the fantastic 1998 Drama, mystery, sci-fi, uh, classic. Oh, you're going with your Woody Allen pick. Okay, yeah, I get that's this. right. Cube. <laughs> yes. Okay. <laughs> yes, I knew that was going to be there. Yes, I did. I I don't know. I this is you know for somebody who doesn't really truck in in horror as much. That is definitely uh, this one is definitely very high on my list, and and that's clearly changing. I'm learning. And uh, this one, uh, I, from the first time I saw it, it was one of those Saturday. It was a Saturday matinee, Steve, oh. uh, <laughs> on the Sci-Fi Channel. I'm sure before it was Siffy, um, and I I watched the heck out of this movie every time it was on rotation. I just loved it. Uh, Nicole De Boer uh, I, I had. I, I, might have had a little crush on Nicole De Boer at the time, so we'll see. Anyway, Vincenzo Natale, nice work with Cube. Slice off some more feet. <laughs> <laughs> yes, let's just lace off some more feet. Uh, okay, no, that's I. I knew I had that. I was like, well, I'll put that there. If he doesn't start with that, then I'll, I'll just take it because I'm going to assume he's somehow forgotten one of his favorite films. <laughs> uh, so I'm I'm staying. It, it's sort of the yeah discovered it on on TV. I I don't think I rented this one. I think it was. It may have been something like again perhaps on the sci-fi channel, something like that. Uh, this is the story of eight candidates for a highly desirable corporate job that get locked together in an exam room and given a final test with just one question. Uh, this is 2009's Exam, uh, which is one of these truly takes place in one location i've got a i've got a small cast i've got one room what can i do i can change lighting i can do some things but it's all about sort of that ticking we've got a ticking clock and they've got to first figure out what the exam question is before they can even come up with an answer and of course the body count increases when there can be only one left to take the job at the end 
I haven't seen it. No, it's it's. It, I think it's going to be right up your alley. It's uh, sounds it, like it's it. cube, but with guys in ties. Oh, I yeah, that sounds like exactly <laughs> the thing I need to see. Cube, but guys in ties. Yes. Excellent. <laughs> the musical. Excellent. Yes. The young. <laughs> The young future 1% yes. offing each other. Yes. That's great. Exactly. No, it's perfect. Yeah. Uh, all right. My next one. Oh, I'm, I'm super torn. I'm super torn. There are too many movies on this list, as I'm sure you uh, ran into. I'm going to go with another one that I, I'm pretty sure, pretty sure this is one location. Okay. But it's difficult for me to remember because one, it's been a long time since I've seen it. Uh, and two, it's based on a play. Okay. And so the play was one location. Sure. It is 1982's uh, Sidney Lumet uh, uh, adaptation of Death Trap. Yes. Michael Caine, Christopher Reeve, Diane Cannon. I adore this movie. Broadway playwright puts murder in his plan to take credit for a student's play. Uh, this this is just I, I just my me sense memory of this movie is so so strong. Uh, I, I it's just a, a terrific uh, chance to watch three incredibly talented performers uh, in this film. It is subdued and yet uh, the the final act is is just a roller coaster. So um, that's that's it. Nineteen eighty two Death Trap. Is it a steal? Uh, no, it's a it's a backup. It's it's on the okay. it's on the you know. If you if there had been a steal, I was going to move this one up. Uh, I I was trying to determine if I had used this on a list before because I thought I think I've used this, but I I, could, I feel like you have. I couldn't couldn't find it in my notes of of where I've done that because I I thought I had shared the story of going to see this in the theater. I was yeah. eleven. I think the family went because it was it's rated PG. So mom and dad took. So my brother would have been seven. Eight, eight. I was eleven, uh, and great little horror, you know, suspense, you know, closed door, you know, murder mystery with Michael Caine and Christopher Reeve kissing each other, which was all <laughs> kinds of confusing to me. Why is Superman kissing that man? Just, oh, just one of those youth. odd moments of yeah. nobody said anything, but what was that? The unwoke eighties. <laughs> yes. I love it. <laughs> but uh, I, I, yes, the love this. I think the there's one part at the very end that takes, there may be something right up front, but I know at the end, clearly we're in a, a different location, but nine good 99% of this yeah. all takes place. And uh, it's such a uh, great typed thriller just works so yeah. well. Excellent. Awesome. Pick. Yes. Thank you. All right. And you. Uh, this is your number one. This is a big one. Right. Make it count. Yeah, I will. And it's one that I know you will probably never, ever, ever, ever watch. I think you've even said, 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 show. said, said so. Uh, Going to connect back to, you know, someone we talked about a little while ago, Ryan Reynolds in 2010's Buried. Oh, <laughs> so Ryan Reynolds plays Paul, a U.S. truck driver working mm. in Iraq, and he wakes to find he is buried alive inside a coffin. And that's where we spend a good 95 minutes with Paul and his phone um, and voices of others. But we never really leave that location. Uh, this was what I caught on Netflix probably about six or seven years ago and just thought wow why is why is no one casting ryan reynolds and other thing i mean this is you know great performance out of him it's it's the movie is is just ryan in the box and 
It's compelling and it works. And I know you will never, ever see this, will you? No, no, I won't. I can't even, I just, I can't. Claustrophobia gets to you, right? Oh God, that's a major anxiety for me, legit. And I just, you know, I'm sitting here building links for the show notes as we say they're movies. And I just went up and uh, the poster shows up (laughs) and it gives me, it tightens my chest in the most uncomfortable way. Like this is, that's the worst. Uh, You're welcome. It was that and the the Tarantino directed uh, two-parter of uh, CSI uh, where one of the CSIs gets, oh God. Good morning. My last one. Uh, <laughs> um, I this is this final one is a tough pick. I I was very tempted to go for a classic. I know that we've we've talked about before, and I can't remember if we've talked about this other one before. So I'm going to go with it. Um, and it it takes place in one space. It's gratuitous, gratuitous shooting. Uh, but I had a great time watching Captain Marvel just go to town on uh, on um, Army Hammer and uh, and crew yes. in uh, 2016's uh, Ben Wheatley film Free Fire. I had a lot of fun yes. with this movie. I think you know it, there were many of the critics of the film just felt like yeah. it was a kind of a one trick pony and and uh, i i just saw much more in it i i really enjoyed um watching how they use the space and certainly how they how they uh, use the effects and the guns and i thought it was great no, great it's, comedy that's i had uh, a great time uh, jj and i did a trailer rewind on that one so that's right that's, that's, that's right so this is actually a reverse trailer pick <laughs> It's it's come full circle. It got it is picked as a trailer. Circle. We yeah. did a show on it, and now it's on a list. There That's we right. go. Yes, that was that was uh, a strong contender. But I had I had my rule for for my three films, and it didn't. Okay, quite... now wait a minute. So your rule was clue, exam, and buried, and free fire. Of course, has if it had just been fire, <laughs> yes. maybe that would have yes. fit. So not not just single locations, single word titles, single words. Yes, yeah, excellent. Because I also uh, had like rear window arsenic and old lace as some backups in there uh again stuff that's you know like arsenic and old lace being adapted from a a stage production rear window you know we're we're sort of there with jimmy Mm -hmm. stewart uh but yeah i had to keep but you could have done rope i i did i did think about that but i that was on my andy's probably gonna steal because he did his whole hitchcock series so yeah I had uh, Twelve Angry Men was oh, the classic yes, that I was yes. going to be going with. Yeah, okay. Henry Fonda. I and and I also had Agatha Christie's, and then there were none. Originally released as Ten Little Indians. Okay, yes, yes. Uh, super controversial. Yeah. Takes place over the weekend, and uh, you know, I don't know. I I had a stronger memories of it. I never yeah. read it or anything. I just I, I just you know. Yeah, what we've learned from our Agatha Christie experience was, <laughs> yeah, she, she was kind of an old racist. <laughs> yes, yes <laughs> she not was. as yeah, as not as good as as we thought. So yeah. I, you know, I'd want to watch that again before oh, yeah. I put it on any sort of canonize it on a list. Right. Well, and I think with this list, I'm trying to point people to some smaller films that they may not have heard of, or yeah. in the case of Clue, have have long since forgotten. Uh, that Tim Curry looked like an extremely young man. And I realized, oh, this was yes, just a boy. <laughs> 1985. But uh, just the comedy holds up so well on that one. So, 
Yes. Go rediscover Clue. Just coming. And then get get your get exam, get buried, and send, spend some time in a genre that uh, of fear and, and loathing there. Or anxiety, if you're Pete. Yes. No, yeah, no, I, I will not do that. Thanks, Steve. I will not. Uh, this week, we are jumping into or the second in our Cronenberg series with 1977's Rabid. Uh, a young woman develops a taste for human blood after undergoing experimental plastic surgery, and her victims turn into rabid, bloodthirsty zombies who proceed to infect others, which turns into a citywide epidemic. That's the whole thing. Thanks, IMDb. Uh, now, this movie is noted for a couple of things. First, as you will hear us discuss a lot, the um, underarm uh, penile projection that proboscis, the underarm penile proboscis that she develops as a result of her uh, <laughs> plastic surgery. That's a legit thing. And we should all be scared of that. In fact, <laughs> we should start a foundation. <laughs> to do research into this dark corner of human transformation. So, um, so weird um, blood-sucking thing. That's what this movie is sort of known for. The other thing it's known for is the fact that it's uh, it's star uh, principal um, young woman developing the taste of human blood is Marilyn Chambers, um, who was a pornographic actress, starred in Behind the Green Door, and... They cast her because they thought it would be a nice uh, way to help her out. And boy, did they leverage her experience. Uh, but I'll tell you what. Spoiler. She does a great job. In this movie. Um, and so there you go. There are a couple of things that stand out about this movie. Have you seen it? I have not seen it. A lot of the early Cronenberg. Yeah, well, I'm looking at my plot keywords, and so erotic 70s, breast scantily clad female, wet t-shirt, mm. groping. You pervs. Yeah. <laughs> or the pervs. I mean, not, not you guys. Whoever's putting these in, we've got all kinds of things. Then I can finally get down to, you know, surgery, blood, you know, ambulances. Yes. Great plastic surgery movies. There you go. Really? Okay. I don't know. It's not. It's, it's not, not it's one not. of those. Um, <laughs> okay, but so it's it's trending in think familiar there is something genre. In, is it is it zombie? Is it zombie type? Is it? It's it's got it's got some zombie. Yeah. It's also it, it's sort of a, it, it's definitely a disease ah disease film, disease horror film action, or a disease horror film. She is the uh, typhoid Mary oh, okay. of this of this thing that spreads and makes everybody want to eat each other. <laughs> so, uh, but but I also think that there is something to this um, um, to the to Marilyn Chambers casting, right? Oh, is, so you're um, casting somebody porn, that's porn stars gone uh, legit, gone legit. Are there that many for a list? That's not right. Well, well you, we've already talked about one in our in our illustrious career uh, at the next reel. I'm not going to tell you which one that is because it sounds like you don't remember it. I've got three off the top of my head right now. What do you think of that? <laughs> okay. All right. There's your list. See you next Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> no, so, okay. That, or, yeah, we can go with that. You can keep it that specific. You can go a little bit broader if there's going to be nine films that we need to pull together. Okay. But, How broad would you like it? I don't know. Because I guess you're, you have to, I guess, are we leveraging an actor's notoriety in another? Because I don't want it to be like athletes, because that's 
that's not the same thing. So we're getting, uh, yeah, no, I guess I can't think of another way to narrow it down without it, including other careers outside of film and TV. So, all right, porn gone legit. You don't seem, uh, you don't seem very, <laughs> what's the word, excited about I, this, <laughs> Just, I think it's going to be a struggle. <laughs> There'll be a lot of steals. I think it's going to be three three movies repeated. Yeah. No, 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 no. I, 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 I don't I, have an emoji for a three time steal. <laughs> You're gonna have the three way steal. <laughs> gonna have to invent there a new. <laughs> <laughs> okay, porn right. star has gone legit. Yeah. Uh, next. Um, uh, so, what was it you said just before? It was about uh, zombies. It wasn't zombies. Zombies, yeah, but disease, disease stuff. Yeah. The the challenge is Andy and I have done a whole disease, disease series. series. I know. That's why I was. It's like all steals. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> so what genre? I mean, it's not zo- it's zombie. It's disease film. It's but it's not. Well, uh, totally if we if we leverage the time, I mean, they're like. Yeah, I was going to say cannibalism. Yeah. We could. Yeah. It's um, uh, we 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 could. Uh oh, how about this? Patient Zero movies. Oh, Patient Zero movies. Yes. Right? Yes, you said she's the typhoid Mary. There you go. Yep. Patient Zero movies. And it's funny because we actually used that word in describing shivers that there was this typhoid Mary. And then in this movie, they actually use, hey, it's typhoid Mary. (laughs) (laughs) They actually use it in the movie. Uh, Patient Zero movies. Okay. And number three. I still think there's something about this um, medical procedures gone horribly awry. Okay. Sure. Oh, good. Yeah, we'll do that. Good. Gone horribly awry. Well, I see it's available on Canopy, so I have no excuse not to watch it at some you point. You have no excuse to watch this at some point. That is accurate. Okay. <laughs> All right. You guys are going to be patient Well, and zero. they just get better. They just get better from here until next week. <laughs> so then they get worse and then they get better after that okay. how about that that, that works all, right. all right. treat. so that's it everybody go watch rabid and um uh i got no other news you got anything else to say um no thank you patreon supporters that are going to get this what a little early before it goes wide well, they'll to the get public. it today they'll as we it. talk about they're it. getting ray's getting it right now he's getting it ray's getting it right and now since he's He's like ahead in the time zone. I think what between him He's and Nick, they, they actually it get it before future. we record it. Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. Uh, yeah. And then, uh, yeah. So if you are not a patron, you're listening to this in the main feed, uh, then you could, if you visited patreon.com slash the next reel, uh, you could become a patron and then you'd get it on Saturday. Yeah. Largely when it is Saturday matinee. Right. You know, they could uh, also chime in on better. some of these heated discussions about like Martin Scorsese or what makes film film or even uh, guilty pleasures. There was a lot of discussion about what makes a film a guilty pleasure and could always use a few more opinions weighing in on that we debate. Certainly could. Yes. Certainly could. Again, patreon.com slash the next reel. Thank you everybody who's already supported. It helps us to continue to build and grow the show and keep coming back every week. That's the big help. So uh, have a great weekend, everybody. See you next week. Hondo. I love the conversations that so many of our hosts have had on their shows. Steve and JJ on Trailer Rewind, Ray and Ocean on Silver Linings, even Tommy's short-lived No, No, Wait, Hear Me Out. And so many films they've discussed started out as a book, a play, or even a TV series. Well, now you can support our whole family of podcasts by using our new Originals page to buy the original source material used to inspire films covered on our shows. 
Just visit thenextreel.com slash originals. Your purchases made through our links give us a small commission at no extra cost to you and allow us to keep having these fantastic conversations. It's a wonderful way to support the show. Producing these podcasts week after week require a ton of work behind the scenes. If you'd like to help support our efforts, try using our Originals page when shopping for books and movies that we've covered. It's your one-stop shop for Amazon and Apple links where you can buy the book, play, video game, movie, etc. upon which the movie is based. Original material for trailer rewind movies like If Beale Street Could Talk, The Goldfinch, Aniara, or The Two Faces of January, or Silver Linings movies like Repo Men, which was based on the repossession Mambo. Plus, by using those links to buy books, Amazon and Apple show us a little bit of love, which allows you to support our family of shows with minimal effort. Visit thenextreel.com slash originals. It's a fantastic way to support the show and find a great book to read. That's right. Head over to thenextreel.com slash originals to find your next read and get started today. Mm-hmm.